under the age of 45, you've probably never invested in a rising rate environment. So if you're finding it challenging, that's probably the primary reason why. It's something you've never uh, had experienced before. So I think that a lot of people may be a little bit confused and having a tougher time than they were. Let's face it. On this episode of Early Bird, J.J. Kinahan, CEO of IG North America and president of Tasty Trade. J.J. joins the podcast today to talk about how rates are driving the market in 2023, including the impact of higher rates on stocks. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, let me tell you how you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, JJ, welcome to the Early Bird Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great, Stephen. I'm, I'm excited for the show. Thanks for having me on today. It should be a lot of fun. should be a lot of fun. Absolutely. We are going to talk about how rates are driving the market in 2023, a topic on the minds of so many investors. But before we do that, JJ, um, the audience probably wants to know a little bit about you and your background. So if you could, in about 30 seconds or less, what should the audience know about you and, and what you do? Sure. And I love long walks on the beach. No, seriously, I... Uh... I started my career as a trader on the Florida Chicago Board Options Exchange. Uh, went to work for Thinkorswim, which was subsequently bought uh, by TD Ameritrade. I was chief market strategist and a managing director, running every aspect, you know, helping run every aspect of trading there. And then uh, came over to become uh, CEO of IG North America just about 14 months ago. So this includes Tasty Trade, Tasty Live. Uh, we have an FX trading firm. Mm. We have crypto uh, wallet. So we have a lot of exciting products and, uh, you know, build this up to a great firm also. Fantastic. I, I think your background is incredible. It's, 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 especially with your experience, I, I think you're perfect for, you know, this topic that keeps coming up, rates. You know, most of investors, especially many new investors who are new to the market in the past few years, focus solely on equities. Now they're hearing about bonds and interest rates and all these things, and, and, and they're hearing about it because it's impacting the stock market. Um, I guess we'll start from there. How are rates driving the market as we approach the, you know, in the fourth quarter, 2023? Yeah, so, you know, I'll start with this. If you're under the age of 45, you probably never invested in a rising rate environment. So if you're finding it challenging, that's probably the primary reason why. It's something you've never uh, had experienced before. So I think that a lot of people may be a little bit confused and having a tougher time than they were. Let's face it, you know, we're, we're just coming off the last couple of years. We went through the meme stock craze, et cetera. You know, there was a period where markets just went up and over the last year and a half or so, it's been a much rockier market. 
what was really interesting is just, you know, we had it starting right near the middle of October. We went into a Friday where if we look where we were on that day and you looked at where we were uh, 15 months earlier, we were at the exact same spot on the S&P 500. So it has been a lot of going a lot of places just to end up where we were. Now, that said, let's relate that to interest rates more directly. There is always traditionally, as, in, as interest rates went up, which would be bonds going down. So I, I think that also sometimes confuses people. Remember, there's an inverse relationship between what bonds do and rates. So when bonds were going down, rates would be going higher, often meant the stock market went down. When bonds went up, rates going lower often meant the stock market went higher. What we've seen over the last few weeks, which has been a little more confusing, is both stocks and rates moving in the same direction at times. And also what we're seeing is this, this these days sometimes of sell everything, buy everything, and the more important thing that I think we've seen, particularly since mid-September, has been whether you like it or not, you've become a bond trader. What do I mean by that? Because tick by tick in terms of rates is what the stock market is moving with. It, you know, rates going up, market going down. Rates going down, markets going up. That has really kind of gone back and forth really quickly. We've seen so many reversals throughout the day because a Fed governor said something, uh, you know, or we had, obviously we have a lot of conflicts going around in, in the world right now and with different countries and a few more maybe on the brink. So with that, there's all these factors that are moving rates back and forth. And then the last thing is think about what every analyst was talking about at the beginning of the, this year. Oh, yeah, rate cuts by June, rate cuts by July. Now I think the bond market has gotten comfortable with, as they say, rates higher for longer. In other words, this rate cut may not be coming before the end, and certainly doesn't look like a high probability before the end of 2023 or even in the first quarter of 2024. So in other words, we have to get used to higher rates for a while. And if you think about what the Fed has been saying over the last few months, hey, we may even have to raise again. What's really going on, which if you're a Fed governor, you're probably happy about, is that the bond market is doing the work for you. By bonds going lower, rates going higher, just from natural market pressures. You know, we saw a date recently where retail sales better than expected, forced bond prices much lower, forced rates on that particular day to close the highest level we'd seen since, you know, 2007 on the 10 year. So again, it's not even the Fed necessarily having to do things right now. The market is dictating which way we're going. So with that, it can make borrowing higher. What does that mean for people who buy stocks on margin, et cetera? Their rates to buy be become a little bit higher, maybe making some folks a little less reluctant to dive in. So sorry, Stephen, that was kind of a long explanation there, buddy. No, it was an important one. Uh, uh, investors have so many questions about what's happening right now. Um, to your point, we are probably in a uh, higher 
interest rate environment for some time. I know in two about two weeks from now, the Fed will announce its latest interest rate decision. And all bets at this point seem to be either they're going to maintain the same level. Maybe there might be a slight increase at, 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 at when that happens. Um, I guess, how should investors sort of... It, I mean, we'll talk about what investors should do in their portfolios in a second. But in a nutshell, is is because I guess just to explain in the most simplest terms, are you saying that because rates are so high, borrowing costs are going up, and that makes uh, makes it extremely difficult for companies in certain industries like technology to operate? It thus puts more pressure on those types of stocks, or am, am I missing it a little bit more than that? Well, a, a little bit. I think I'm, I'm saying a little bit more than that, perhaps. And let me go a little deeper there, if you don't mind. Sure. And that is, yes, borrowing costs are higher. But cost of doing business, not just for the companies, but think about funds. And so, you know, we can, we're coming off an area, an area is, they say, cheap money, cheap for companies to buy. Uh, those companies that would invest, you know, in, in other companies, would also do so because they were sitting on cash looking to put it to work. I think what's happened is some of that money may be now being put to work in just getting rates. For the longest time, there was no competition for that money. It was really about stocks and about investing in companies. Now, for the first time, and as I said, for many people in a generation, we're seeing competition for the money. Hey, rates are attractive for a two-year or a 10-year for the first time in a long time. So many people are saying, why don't I chase yield? And that way I don't have to take some of the equity, the risk of the stock market of equities that I had to take before. So I think it's not only as you, you hit on the cost for companies to borrow money in terms of expansion, et cetera, but the opportunity cost in the fact that that money may not be going to those companies or may not be going into stocks in the same way it was 12 or 16 months ago because there's competition for those dollars in terms of yield. If you think about a year or a year and a half ago, companies that were really red hot for a long time were those that paid a good yield because they had a high dividend. So now also those same stocks have a tougher time competing with, you know, the guarantee of a, a, a government two-year or a 10-year or a 30-year. So again, there, there's, there's, there's different areas where these rates come to affect the market overall. Good point. When we return, we'll hear from JJ about how investors should position their portfolios in a high-rate environment and about the impact of higher rates on cryptocurrency. But first, let me tell you how you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So, uh, JJ, we're talking today about how rates are driving the market in 2023, and you gave an incredible explanation about the impact of interest rates 
on equities in 2023. Um, given the environment we're in, it's going to be a, a high interest rate environment for some time, not just at the here at the end of 2023, but into a good portion of 2024, we could be in a similar high interest rate environments. Um, how should investors position their portfolio in this time, given the situation that we're in? Well, I think the first way, you know, particularly if you're newer to the market and listening to this podcast, one of the things that I would really ask you to think about is too often, many people say, oh, my God, I love this stock. I need to buy it right here at this price. And if you can afford to do so, think about 25% of your money at a certain price and maybe 25% more if it goes lower, 25% really about dollar cost averaging and say, what's the average price I wanted to pay for this? Now, some people may say, oh my God, what if I only bought 25% and it went straight up? I will tell you that I think anyone experienced in the market will tell you that having stocks go your way too quickly will probably not be your biggest challenge (laughs) as a longer term investor that you know things do tend to go against you at times and it's really how you deal with that that will make you a better investor in the long term and help you make money you know by doing dollar cost averaging both by both both getting in and out of the market movement becomes your friend it doesn't become your enemy people who go in and say i have to have all this at this price movement will become your enemy because if you're wrong you're going to panic so I just want to always I always start with that because I just think it's really important for newer people to you know hear that message. So as we head to the end of 2023, I think you know you hit on something earlier, and that is technology may struggle a little bit because we've seen a pattern with rates going higher has caused some of the uh, tech stocks to struggle a little bit more than we may have expected. And again, I think some of that goes to that investment money that may come from funds, et cetera, where they don't have to necessarily take that same risk to get a good return. Um, Also, what's I think been a point of frustration for people has been the financial stocks. Now, earnings season just started and the financials did very well kicking us off for earnings. So I think many of us were really happy to see that. And the, the, the point, though, that many of the CEOs of the, the financial companies made is we could have a rocky first quarter of 2024 in the overall economy. So it's something to keep in mind. However, the, it, what, what the problem for the financials has been, and again, if you're newer to rates and you're newer to the market, when the Fed raises rates, they can only raise really short-term overnight rates. It takes a while to work through the system where it gets to the two-year, the 10-year, the 30-year. And so what we've seen is called an inverted yield curve. That is the shorter-term rates, the two-year I'll use as my example, being a higher rate than the 30-year rate. Over the last month and a half, we started to see the 30-year and the 10-year yields go up so where they're getting closer and closer to the two-year if they get above the two-year the 30 above the 10 above the two in terms of rates that's a normal yield curve what that also means is that that's usually really good for banks and financial companies because now they can you know borrow and lend at higher rates out in time where there's more again just like anything the 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 further in time you go the more risk there is 
So usually the more you want to receive for that. So if you think about some of the, the, you know, a 10 year rate is usually what mortgages are based on. The banks actually like to see that a little bit higher because again, that's a longer term time that they're putting that money out there. And by the way, they have that customer for a longer time. So the, the, the frustration, if you're newer, you're like, why aren't these financials going up in the way they should if rates are going higher? Has been one of the, that's been one of the reasons. So financials now become a really interesting area to me if we get to a normalized yield curve because their, their basic business of borrowing and lending money, they have a bigger spread between what they're lending at, what they're, uh, you know, t- they're paying you out for savings accounts or CDs or whatever it may be, and what they're lending out to people in mortgages. They can start to make a lot more money that way, and it falls right to their bottom line. Oh, wow. That's an incredible like that's an incredible situation we're in now, especially with with rates and and in the banking uh, sector as you just brought up. Um, I actually want to throw you a bit of a curveball. Actually, I know sure. Tasty I'll hit it the right field. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're president of Tasty Trade. I know Tasty Trade also, in addition to equities, uh, you're able to you work with cryptocurrencies and you know early bird sure. also covers cryptocurrencies. Um, you're we're also seeing rates driving the the crypto market as well right we are it's been it's been interesting to see that and i think you know the and and i'll throw one more thing on top of there Stephen, and that has been a little bit of you know it drove gold significantly and, and, and it was interesting to see that those who have been predicting that crypto would work in the same way saw a little bit of that reaction i don't know that i would say it saw the total, oh my God, it's a, a, a fear storage, if you will, but it did see a little bit of that. And I think that's positive long-term for the product, to be honest with you. Particularly, I'll talk about, you know, the majors, if you will, the Ethereum, Bitcoins of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, again, I, 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 it's going to be interesting. There, there's been a lot, of, it's, it, to me, it's one of the most interesting products of my lifetime. And you and I have both seen so many people call the death knell over the last nine months. And at the same time, those who are true believers, you know, oh, my God, it's going to $100,000. <laughs> but what I like about it is that it continues to hang in there. Now, you know, it's been in a pretty tight range overall, that 25 to 30, well, let's call it 22 to $29,000 range. You're talking about Bitcoin, right? But, yeah, I'm talking about Bitcoin. I, I apologize. Thank you for clarifying for me. So, uh, again, I think that, you know, the opportunity remains in the longer the product continues to hang in there, continues to have reactions to market events, the more it becomes a product that I believe people will want to have as part of their portfolio. Yeah, I think it's it's amazing to see how, because crypto is an alternative, but it's amazing to see the connections between the price of crypto over the past nine to 12 months and that of the stock market, especially certain high growth names. Um, there, there seems to be a stronger correlation there between both uh, asset classes that most people probably would not have predicted years ago. There was all the thought, as you know, crypto was, oh, it's an alternative like gold. It's, it's, it, it does the opposite of the stock market, but it doesn't seem to be that way right now. Um, I, uh, real quick, uh, JJ, um, your view of the market uh, late 2023 as we head into 2024 or are we having a recession uh i think the, the as we head into the end of 2023 i would expect to see more of the same if you will and what i mean by that mm-hmm. is a lot of 
good size intraday movements and we may not actually go anywhere in particular from where we are now. What I am most nervous about as we head to 2024, Stephen, is the fact that everywhere I see in terms of consumer safety, now again, as I said, we just recently had this great retail sales report. But from now until the holidays, I would expect to see people out spending money. People always find a way to go out, you know, make sure their children have gifts and things like that. But where I think we're going to have a little bit of a reckoning is after the new year, when some of the credit card bills start coming in, we know savings rates have been significantly depleted from some of the COVID money, et cetera, people may have received. We're also starting to see more and more layoffs. We have strikes still going on in the uh, auto workers. So uh-huh. uh, I, there's a lot of things right now that as I head into the beginning, as we all head into the beginning of 2024, do make me very nervous for the market overall. Rates themselves, as, as we said, it looks like they're going to stay higher for longer. And so uh, I don't know that we're necessarily going to head to inflationary time, but I think we may head to a higher unemployment time, which won't may not lead to recession, but may lead to a worse economy. And to your point about consumer spending being concerned and unemployment, uh, we just saw student loan repayments get started again, and that could further yep. deplete uh, consumer spending. Um, JJ, thank you so much for, for, for giving me your insights, and we really appreciate all your incredible knowledge about where the market is and how interest rates are driving the market here in 2023. Uh, before we wrap up the podcast, JJ, I have just one final question for you, and it's the most important question for today's discussion that question for you jj is what item on your bucket list do you want to check off in the next six months Ooh, that's a very very good question and so i would say that the item i would most like to check off but i i don't think this will happen but i'd like it to happen how's that (laughs) is to play a round of golf down at the masters oh that would be great <laughs> that would be a wonderful uh, thing why not dream list. big thank you again to jj kinahan for sharing your insights on the market and thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion we'll be back next week for another episode of early bird have a great day <laughs>